This scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on October 15, 2023. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. The epistle reading comes from Philippians chapter 4. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Euodia and I urge Sintichi to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learnt and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, choir and instrumentalists. The sermon I will read today is adapted from resources provided by the LCA. Let us pray. God, speak to us today through your word. Your word is truth. Amen. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. What wonderful, encouraging words. Words that have inspired songs, hymns, and wonderful music, like the piece that we just listened to. Words that are uplifting, encouraging, and positive. Words from what has been described as the happiest book in the Bible. And they're words that I find difficult to hear, especially today. How about you? How does this text sit alongside the news that we have been hearing this week about Israel and Hamas? The stories of unspeakable atrocities, of blood-drenched streets, and of so, so much loss and suffering. Or alongside the tensions and sadness we may be feeling this morning about the voice referendum. Or alongside the tensions and the sadness we are experiencing in our wider church. I wonder if perhaps it helps to know that this letter was written by Paul while he was suffering in jail. 
It looked as though Paul could be executed any day now. His future was in the balance. And yet he chose to write about joy and peace. So this is not some trite, positive thinking phrase by a scribe sitting comfortably in his study. Paul has been beaten and locked away. Paul knows firsthand what adversity means. But we hear in Acts that he and Silas sang hymns and prayed while they were imprisoned. Sure, he wasn't cheerful about the beatings or the imprisonment, but he speaks of himself as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. So he's already demonstrated what it means to rejoice in adversity. Now, Paul is not suggesting that we should rejoice about the suffering and all the bad stuff that we see happening. The key is to see that he is encouraging us to rejoice in the Lord. But what does this mean? The phrase in the original text could have two possible meanings. Either that the Lord is the object of our rejoicing and that we are celebrating him and what he has done for us. Or that the Lord is the grounding of our celebration, the one in whom our joy thrives. And I think perhaps it's both. It seems clear that Paul wanted these verses to be memorable. He wanted them to stick in the minds of the people in Philippi when they heard them read aloud. And he also wanted to give the community of faith an inspiring practice to engage with when they felt overwhelmed by opposition, suffering, and anxiety. And this idea of continuous rejoicing in the Lord is a very important concept for Paul, one that comes up time and time again in his letters. He tells the Romans that it's a distinguishing mark for Christians and a characteristic of life in the kingdom of God. He tells the Galatians that it is a fruit of the Spirit, And when writing to both the Romans and the Corinthians, he says that this rejoicing in the Lord becomes evident during times of suffering and trial. So how can we dig deeper into this reading for our lives and what we experience today? In verse 4, we're encouraged to rejoice We can't just expect joy to arrive on its own. But we can commit ourselves to practices of godly joy every day. We can take note of even the smallest signs of joy in our lives. In verse 5, we're reminded about gentleness. No one is at their best right now, including you and me. So let's be gentle to absolutely everyone especially to our sisters and brothers who are struggling with the outcome of the referendum yesterday. We saw this gentleness during COVID, random acts of kindness. Do you remember those? And we seem to have somehow lost this now as we're tempted to become angry with those who differ from us. Maybe you feel the same as I do, that we need to refocus on gentleness 
Following on from this, we are told that Christ is near. How often do we stop, close our eyes, take a breath, and actually experience the reality that we are surrounded by a transcendent compassion that is deeper and larger than us, that God is with us. Verse 6 speaks to our anxieties and our worry. It encourages us not to obsess over our worries, but not to brush them under the carpet either. We need to share them with God, all the worry and all the gratitude together. Verse 7 brings us to peace. This conversation with God is a source of peace beyond our capacity to understand. But this peace is not simply, simply calmness or the absence of anxiety. This peace is better than understanding. A more literal translation of the word that we have translated as surpassing in verse 7 would be to have power over. In other words, peace has power over, excels and surpasses reasoning. It's superior to human understanding because peace comes from God. It stems from the work of God's spirit to bring about God's new creation. Peace, after all, is God's shalom, wholeness, restoration and goodness. The presence of this peace can give joy even in the most difficult of times. In verse 8, we are encouraged to focus. Can we commit ourselves to not simply obsess over all that is going wrong, all the evil and destruction that we see in the world? Perhaps to stop doom scrolling on our devices, to turn our attention to things that really matter, to where we see action that is worthy of respect, to places where justice is being done, to goodness in all its forms. We can make a list of these things. And in verse 8, where it says, think about these things, this could be translated more literally as tally up these things. Paul gives similar wise advice in simpler wording in 1 Thessalonians, where he says, test everything, hold fast to what is good, distance yourselves from every form of evil. This is such good advice for times when we can feel overwhelmed by negativity and falsehood and lies. And finally, in verse 9, we are encouraged to notice and pay attention to the truly remarkable people around us, including Paul, who will show us how to walk this path. But in all of this, let's be very clear. Rejoicing in the Lord does not somehow make the suffering go away or minimise the injustice. Nor does rejoicing in the Lord negate or turn a blind eye to despair. Maybe it's easier to think of two separate things that sit alongside each other. In this life, we see suffering and despair. In God's kingdom, rejoicing acknowledges that we are serving the one and only God who can rectify the wrongs, who can and has stood in solidarity with the oppressed. 
Rejoicing in the face of gross injustice is a courageous act. A theological hope lived out in the present that stems from a vision of God's peace, God's shalom. A shalom so glorious that it is transforming and claiming life even in this troubled present. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Oh.